Today, I'm going to be talking about how you can organize your violin practice session so that you stay focused and you optimize your productivity, especially if you have limited time, which I think is the case for most of us. Tracking your progress can be a really great tool to keep you motivated on track and, as I said, stay a little bit more organized. You're likely getting a lot of detailed information and feedback from your teacher come lesson day and have a lot of different things to work on during the week. This is especially true the more advanced you get. Generally, at the beginning, things are pretty sequential. You get one exercise, maybe the next week you get another one. But as you get more advanced, uh, even honestly by year two and up, you're probably dealing with multiple pieces, a lot of different techniques to both learn and maintain, and things just get pretty complex pretty quickly. So the earlier you put these systems in place, the more successful you'll be in the future. But first, hello and welcome to the Violin Class Podcast, which is a podcast for people who are learning the violin as an adult. My name is Julia, I'm a professional violinist and violin teacher, and I'm here to share my tips and experience to make learning the violin a little bit easier. If you have any suggestions for a future episode topic or are interested in learning violin with me, you can get in touch via my website at violinclass.co or email me at violinclasspod at gmail.com. And also, I must ask if you find this podcast helpful, I would really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review because this helps me to reach new listeners and also makes me feel really warm and fuzzy inside. So if you have left one already, thank you very much. And without further ado, let's get back into the episode. We all know that practicing is the key and the secret to getting really good at the violin, but I don't think we talk enough about how to actually organize and prepare your practice session because it's not something that comes super, super naturally to most people. I think one of the best ways of keeping on track with your practice is actually keeping a physical practice journal. There's no wrong way to do this, but I'll give you a few ideas and suggestions to track your practice. You definitely don't need anything fancy, although I think it is actually nice to keep this on physical paper to avoid having to be on your phone or tablet during your practice. It's just really easy to get distracted and end up on another app, but you know yourself the best, so do whatever works for you. Using some sort of notes app or organization system, be it Notion or something else, uh, is probably a little bit more powerful and lets you store more information in a more easily accessible way. Uh, but again, it depends on how disciplined you are with not being on your phone or switching gears when you're actually practicing. I know that for me, that's not an option, but some of my students do this really, really successfully. Nowadays, I actually tend to keep my practice notes really simple and straightforward because otherwise I can't keep up with them. So at a glance, they don't look really nice. They're a bit messy. My handwriting is not neat because I'm just trying to get things down quickly. But there were times in my life where I was practicing a lot more seriously and I would spend a lot of time typing out really organized and beautiful practice charts, which I think did really help to motivate me at the time. And also just having a little bit of time in the week where you're actually sitting down and getting this all out on paper, I think really helps to keep you on track. 
just like everything else in your life, probably at work, you have to-do lists in your in your life, you may or may not, depending on um, your personality type, but I think violin is really no exception for this. And you can't just assume that when you get to your instrument at the end of a long work day that you're going to just remember exactly what to do. It takes a little bit of, of planning. In your practice journal, I'd recommend to have a few reference sections at the beginning or the end. I think this particular section would lend itself nicely to having some sort of digital system because you won't necessarily need to open this up and write into it on the daily. It's more something that you'll maybe update once a week or after your lesson, something like that. And here you can keep a chart of all 24 scales and arpeggios, major and minor, to help you track which ones that you're practicing each day. I'm going to have a whole series on scales later on this year because I love to teach scales, but to keep it simple today, uh, I'll just say that you should be regularly rotating through all of the scales that you know. It's actually kind of hard to do this if you don't have a clear system of tracking which ones you've been practicing. You may just have a few at the beginning, but they'll really start to add up and your teacher will likely not have time to go through them and check that you're playing all of them each week. If you're not keeping track, I almost guarantee that you're going to gravitate towards some simpler keys like G major and D major. And I know I certainly do that. I didn't even think to start keeping track of my scales until literally like 10 years into learning violin. Um, it's not something that my teachers really instructed me in how to do. My uh, poor teacher realized that I had literally never touched anything with more than three sharps or flats, and that led to a lot of catching up on my part. So have a system, keep track of the scales that you're doing because you're going to start with just a few, but then you'll have a lot, especially as you get into uh, multiple octaves, three octave scales, minors, all the seven types of arpeggios that we tend to practice in classical violin. And on the teacher's side of things, if you're doing this in your, uh, for, for your personal practice, this will help your teacher also quickly reference what you've been working on. So that's always a bonus. It will save some time and keep you guys productive in lessons. So in that reference section, I would also start to note all of the technical exercises and etudes that you're working on. So again, at the beginning, you might have more technical exercises and less etudes. And, um, but again, those are really going to add up. And the thing with violin is that some of the, the exercises that you learn, like literally in your first week, you will come back to in year 10. Um, like my, when I was in, in university, I was already teaching violin, but my teacher would sometimes give me exercises to practice that I literally would be teaching to like a five-year-old that same week. Uh, of course, I would get maybe slightly different things out of them, but they always come back. <laughs> they always come back. And I think that if you have a system of writing it down, and even if you want to go a step further, just making a quick video so that you remember exactly, you know, you don't have to try to describe all of the movements. You just have that and you can put that into some sort of folder. Of course, now we're going more digital, but as I said, that's probably a little bit more, more powerful in the long run. Um, yeah, you want to keep track of all of those with what the exercise is for. So for instance, if you have a right hand relaxing exercise, you can put that into some sort of folder. And then when you're noticing that you're getting tense with your right hand, you can go back and reference that. 
And same thing with the etudes and the studies. Depending on who your teacher is, you may or may not have a lot of these. I didn't do a lot of etudes growing up. I learned mostly through pieces. Uh, now as a teacher, I give a ton of etudes and we do a lot of them. Um, my students will generally have two to five different etudes going on at once that will kind of rotate through. Um, and so, yeah, I think that... <laughs> Uh, it's really easy to get to lesson day and then your teacher says, can I hear this one? And then you're like, oh, I did not remember that I was supposed to practice that. So keep track of those as well as the ones that you've already done um, because you can always go back and reference them and play them again if you're, you find that you're having trouble with something in your piece that would maybe be a little bit easier to practice on an etude. Okay, so that is the reference section, which you'll be updating maybe weekly or even less. For the rest of the journal, and this is more what I would keep uh, written down on a physical on physical paper, I like to have a weekly rhythm to the notebook, and that starts with lesson notes. During your lessons, you're likely jotting down things quickly between your notebook and whatever music you're working on, at least I hope you are. So I always suggest that you'll take a couple minutes after your lesson to just consolidate everything so that you remember what you want to work on for that week. So from there, I'd make a quick practice plan of the goals that you're working towards. For instance, perhaps you have a few measures that will need some daily check-in for tuning. You might have a section you want to work on with metronome to start speeding up and a new passage to learn. All of that will go under your practice plan for the week. So your lesson notes have all your feedback from the teacher and maybe some quick like, oh, I need to work on this. And then your practice plan, you're actually going in and writing what the plan is to get towards that goal. For example, in the metronome section that you would be likely working on, I'm sure you have one right now, I'd write down the name of the piece, the measure number, and then something like your goal uh, beats per minute, like, you know, MM metronome marking equals 85 BPM beeps per minute. I use a lot of shorthand in my notes uh, because I like to go quickly. So that way you have a clear measurable goal that has a yes or no answer to whether you've gotten there by the end of the week. You're not just writing like work on rhythm here, play more in time. You have a goal. And I think that's super important because I think that's super, super helpful and important because most parts of violin are a lot more abstract and less measurable. So it's really nice to have a few concrete wins here and there when it's possible. And for sure, metronoming things has numbers. So that's, that's a great example of somewhere where you can really measure your goals. So it's the evening of your lesson day. You have your tips and feedback from your teacher as well a little bit of, a, of as well as a bit of a rough plan and some specific goals for the week. When you get off of school or work and you have 30 minutes to practice before dinner, it's going to be so much easier to stay productive when you don't have to think about where you need to start. You can just go in and check for those pages. If you want an example as to what this could look like, I actually just dug up a years old practice plan from my student days. I've included that in this week's newsletter just for fun. 
And maybe that can give you a few ideas on how you could go about organizing that. So check your email if you are signed up for the newsletter. And if you're not, you can do so at violinclass.co slash newsletter. So for a lot of you, that's going to be enough. This next part is going to be for those of you that are really into planning, um, which I know is a lot of people that go into violin. Like we tend to be more on the type A side personality. I'm not a true type A personality because although I really love being organized, it's not something that comes really supernaturally for me. I have to work on it a lot. Um, But anyways, if you're like me, I hope this will help you in your own planning. So as I said, this next step, I don't always do it, but whenever I do sit down and write this, I feel like I really have my life together. So if you have a bit of extra time, you can elaborate on your goals and then break them down into smaller chunks that you'll be able to look at during the week. So if I go back to my metronome example, if I can play my passage with ease and in tune at 60 beats per minute, I know I have a week to bump it up by 25 clicks to get it where I want, because if you remember, my goal was to get it to 85 beats per minute. I can make a little checklist chart of all the tempos in between kind of, and give myself a few to do every day. So if I'm going up in increments of three, I can plan up to ongoing up by three to six beats a day. So again, this is super measurable. I have a really concrete plan and I know that I can probably manage going three to six beats faster on whatever passage I am working on every day. That's a lot easier for me to manage than telling myself I have to go up by 25 clicks in a week. You want to think of a few practice tools that you know that would help you reach goals that you've written down and then assign a section of them to each day. Again, for some of you, this may be way overkill and you may prefer to leave things open-ended for each day. I actually think it's a good practice to do a little bit of both because sometimes you're going to feel really pulled and inspired in a certain direction. Uh, perhaps you you go in and you, you're starting to really focus in on your intonation and having a concrete plan is going to limit that drive a little bit. But other times, and especially if you're at a busy time of your life and you're really limited on the amount of practice time you get, I think it's really nice to just get to your music stand, open your notebook, and then not have to use your brain to decide what you're going to do. Just use your brain to focus on the doing. So it reduces your decision fatigue and I think makes practicing a lot easier. So now we've covered scale tracking, lesson notes, and practice plans. I do also think it's really important to keep track of what you did end up practicing each day because this will generally be a little bit different than what you actually had on your plan. You know, sometimes it lines up, but sometimes you don't quite finish something or you get ahead somewhere. Generally, probably the first thing because we tend to be a little bit um, optimistic with how much we can get done. Again, this can be a super, super simple. I generally just write a few bullet points to summarize the scale that I played, which measures of my etude, sometimes with tempo markings, and then which pieces of my pieces that I looked at. If I did any full run-throughs of any of my repertoire, I'll write that down as well because at the end of the week, I like to just at a glance know how many times I've played my piece through 
that might be zero times the first few weeks of learning a new piece. So I can divide that just into how many times I've run through a certain section. And then at the end of my session, and this is the most important part, I will jot down a few reminders for the next day. It might be a shift that I kept missing and that I was realistically too lazy to just go in and fix properly or a section that I know was out of tune, but I just didn't quite get there. All that kind of goes at the bottom with some arrows indicating that I want to cover that during my next practice session. I tend to have a lot of shorthand and abbreviations for things. So I know I've been talking about things to write down for 15 minutes, but this really only takes me like a minute at the end or, you know, a a few seconds in between um, different sections that I'm practicing. I find that all of this creates a really nice balance between having a bit of a plan for my next day without being too overly ambitious or too rigid if I'm kind of going through and doing this as, as I go. So for Wednesday, I have a plan for Thursday rather than on Saturday, making a plan for every single day. So if you are like on week 12 of learning violin and you just, you know, can play Oh Come Little Children and your A major scale, uh, this is probably overkill. But again, I can tell you that at least in my studio, the amount of material that I give my students to practice increases pretty exponentially each year. We'll go from learning just that one piece at a time to maybe then two, and then having just two techniques to review every week to six, three scales to 15. So if you just have these simple notes in the early stages, you'll have some systems ready for when you have more stuff to practice, which I promise will be very soon. If you're someone who tends to make really big specific practice plans already and then you feel kind of guilty when you don't get to them and you feel like you're not practicing enough but you are practicing, try simplifying. Try to give yourself just two goals for the week instead of seven and honestly maybe just one goal because some, some is always better than none. So maybe your only goal for that week is just getting your piece in time. So like, you know, just having the right tempo going, everything else is secondary. And if you have just that one thing at the end of the week, you'll be able to know whether you were more or less successful rather than having six goals and doing just a little bit at all of them and then feeling like you're not really going anywhere. But On the other hand, if you're someone that realizes each lesson that you always forget to work on this one exercise that your teacher gave you, try writing things down. The other nice thing about keeping track like this is that it gives you something to look back on. With the violin, any instrument really, or any skill in the performing arts, progress is really not linear. There will be times in the year where you're making a huge amount of progress and great strides, and other times you will feel like you sounded better literally four months ago. And so having something tangible, and that is all really normal. That's just part of the process. Uh, again, it's not it's not linear. Things plateau. Sometimes you actually do take a step back be- be- before going forward. So having something tangible that you can look back at to remind yourself that you've been working hard, I think can sometimes be reassuring that you're you're doing the right things, even if you're not quite getting the results right, right yet or right that day. 
That is it. Basically, to summarize, write things down, but don't take things too seriously. I think by now you can kind of Uh, get a sense of what makes me tick. I like to have these systems. I like to teach these systems. I think that they're really helpful, um, especially when you have a lot of other things going on in your life, which I'm sure you guys all do. The, The less you can keep in your head, the more you can keep that space free for actually practicing and being productive. And I think that anyone can benefit for, from this type of, of, organization, although it certainly does not need to be as elaborate as some of the things that I've been describing. For instance, my husband, who's also a professional musician, but definitely not the kind of person who will keep uh, elaborate notes or to-do lists. Even he will write down things that he's working on and keep some sort of note system. Even for those of you that are less list inclined, uh, I hope you get a few things from this episode. I'll be back in a week or two with a new episode, and if you want to be the first to know about when that comes out, as well as get the full show notes with any links or anything that I've mentioned, then you need to sign up for the Violin Class newsletter, which you can find at violinclass.co slash newsletter. This podcast is brought to you by my very own online violin studio. So if you're looking for a violin teacher and you like listening to me talk, you like the way I explain things and think we might be a good fit, you are welcome to contact me directly at violinclasspod at gmail.com or through my website, violinclass.co. I teach both weekly lessons as well as one-time sessions, and you'd be joining a community of wonderfully supportive and lovely people who are learning the violin as an adult. So check out my website or shoot me an email again at violinclasspod at gmail.com for more info, and I will link both in the description. That is it, my friends. Happy practicing. Uh, I hope that you guys all take some time and make a violin practice journal this week you know, make it cute if you're into that. Get a nice fancy notebook and a nice little pen um, or don't. But either way, write some things down and I hope that that makes your practicing go a little bit more smoothly this week. Thanks for listening and I will catch you at the next one. (laughs) 